Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lott. All right, let me do a little recapitulation from last uh, couple of weeks. God would never build a destiny without first birthing a plan. And we learned from uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, that, that God said, Before I formed you in the belly, I what? I knew you, and I I ordained you. In other words, we learn from the original uh, Hebrew, it means that I have already approved of you unto myself. So your, your plan and your assignment and the destiny that God has for you was birthed before you had birth. So it was done in the spirit, and then God decided who your parents were going to be. So that's, you, you need to understand that because your, your assignment is not predicated from your parents. That's right. That's right. Your assignment doesn't matter about your upbringing, about the things you had to go through in your life, the situations in your life. You had a good dad or you didn't, a good mama and you didn't. You grew up in a foster home. It doesn't matter because your, the plan of God on your life happened long before you ever came on this earth. So in other words, your assignment can never be stopped because of your situations. Amen. Amen. I, I think we need to know that, saints of God, because a lot of times we, we look at where we are today and we say, well, I can't do something because I came from. I don't have enough. I don't have enough, uh, 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 don't have enough uh, knowledge to do that because somebody did this to me. Yes. And we can. And you, now, 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 let me just say there are some things that can happen to us. They're bad. I know that. I know all of us has dealt with levels of uh, somebody has intruded on and violated us. I know, all, and it may not have been sexual. It could have been physical, and it could have been verbal. I know that all of us have faced something in our lives in, in, on that level. Some have greater levels than others. Amen. Somebody. That, that, I know that. I know that can happen. But what I do want you to know and what I had to realize is no matter what I have gone through in my life, no matter what somebody has done to me in my life, that has nothing to do with the assignment of God on my life because God said the plans that he have towards me are good. And if I understand that the plans he has for me are good, it doesn't matter what she say, he say, you say, they say, cousin them, booking them, left eye, dead eye. It don't care what you say. God has a plan for me, and it doesn't matter what you do. You can support me or not, but I believe the plan of God on my life. Your assignment cannot be messed up by your circumstances because it, because it was never built on a faulty premise. See, presuppositionally, we need to understand where we came from. You didn't come from dirty water. You didn't come from a monkey. I don't believe in macroevolution. I believe you came from a divine creator. That's why we have been endowed by our creator. Come on, somebody. Rights come from a sovereign. You just can't invest rights into somebody. Rights have to come from a sovereign, and because God is sovereign, God is constant, God is fixed, God is unchangeable, God is the one fixed thing. That's why I am that I am. I am the one true being. That's why he told Moses, I am that I am. He tell him that I am sent you. Jesus Christ said, before Abraham was, I am. In other words, I am what you need me to be. If you need me in the courtroom, I am there. If you need me in the hospital, that's where I am. If you need me in your family room, that's where I am. If you need me on your job, that's where I am. If you need me while you're washing dishes in the kitchen, that's where I am, baby. He said, I am that I am. Listen, 
It was established in the constant, fixed, unchangeable nature of the Father. And the Father's not going to change just because culture does. Uh, yeah, you know I'm getting hot now, Sam. You know I'm about to preach now. Listen, saints of God, I'm fired up today. I don't know what the Lord's going to do, but I believe he's going to do something in you today. Because he's doing something in me. Even if he don't do anything in you, he's already doing something in me, and I'm good. Amen. Because the one thing I know, I cannot remain the same. I got to allow God to change me. I still got some areas of unbelief. Where's Octavia? I still got some areas of unbelief that he's dealing with me on. I got some areas of brokenness inside of me. I got some areas of weakness that he's dealing with me about. I got some areas of confusion. I got some areas saying, God, I, don't, I just don't know right now, Lord. So he's dealing with me in these areas, and I'm willing to be open. I'm willing to be not ashamed because we should not ever be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And I can stand flat-footed before you and say, I am not ashamed. Thank you, boo. My wife want to make sure that I am not ashamed. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Are you seeing this with me, saints? You're supposed to be able to say, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to say Jesus. I'm not ashamed to pray. I'm not ashamed of God in corporate America. If anything, they better be afraid of me. Because I bring bring Jesus with me in that house. Amen, somebody. And so when you go up in there, you go in there with Jesus riding in on your back. So when doors begin to fly open, they ain't flying open for you. They're flying in for the, that one you, that's riding your back. Amen. All right, let me get into the word. So Christ has organized his body, listen to this, as a multifaceted, multi-ethnic, and a multi-generational organism that ebbs and flows by the character of the Father. What he's trying to do is make the many become one. John 17, in his prayer, Jesus said, Father, I wish above all things that they will be one even as you and I are one. In other words, he's saying, I want you to be in unity in the house of God. I want you to pray for one another. I want you to support one another. And see, this supersedes anything else out there in the world. Amen. Why? Because he's trying to make the many into one. Father is looking for a family. Jesus is looking for a body. The Holy Spirit is looking for a temple. And they all work hand in hand. And what we have to do is grow up in the house of God. I I, I study a lot of theologians. Uh, Dietrich Bumhofer, he is a German theologian. He made this statement. He said, it is only because he became like us that we can become like him. Amen, somebody. See, that's why he's called Emmanuel, God with us, because he couldn't save us away from us, so he wrapped his word in flesh and dwelt among us. God with us, Emmanuel. Amen. Amen. We call him Jesus, John chapter 1, verse 12, and the word became flesh because he was in the beginning. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and there was nothing made without him. So the word was there in the beginning. The word is Jesus because Jesus is God. Am I I confusing you? All right, I'm talking fast because I got a lot to share. The word was with God. The word is God because the word is Jesus. 
So when we receive the word, we receive Jesus. We get more Jesus when we get more of the word. That's why we read the word to get more Jesus. And when I get more Jesus, I become the visible manifestation of an invisible God. Are you still with me here? All right, I'm not going to back, I'm not going to do the moonwalk like Michael, so we're going to keep on going. All right, y'all getting this? You, you got to get this right, because when people look at us, they should see Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, I don't quite look like him right now, but I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. Amen, somebody. And so as I am working towards to look more like him, what I need are your prayers. Annual support while I'm working out my salvation. Amen, somebody. Because all of us are on this journey uh, together. And so John 1, 12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave exousia. He gave the power. That word power is, is right, authority, privilege, jurisdiction to become the children of God and to those who believe on his name. In actuality, saints of God, we are not human beings. We're actually human becoming. He gave us the power to become. So we're not just human, humans being. We are humans becoming. Are you hearing this with me here? I'm going to walk slow because I want you to get this. I am now becoming something that he wants me to be from the foundation of the world. Because I was born in sin, I wasn't what he wanted me to be. I had to get him so I can become what he had for me in the original plan. That's right. That's right. Now, our becoming for one another can, that can include a lot of different things that go on in life. Faith to faith is a whole lot different from person to person. Because you have to go through things in your life that's tailor-made for you so that you can become. What are you becoming? You're becoming the children of God. Just go read it, John 1, 12. You're becoming. For as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become. That's right. God has Christians. I'm not talking to non-Christians. Christians, you have the power to become exactly like God created you. That's right. Amen. Amen. Y'all seeing this with me? Okay. All right. I got kind of quiet on me, so I was wondering. You processing? Okay, we'll let you process, praise the Lord. I think you process better if I stop shouting. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to shout, but I'm real excited about this thing, right? So my mentor, uh, Christopher Patrick Johnson, said this. He said, Father alone is the one who has true existence and being. His nature remains constant, fixed, and unchangeable. So if God is not going to change, who should be doing the changing? But don't we expect other people to change when we don't? Yeah, I just threw that one in there. Y'all weren't waiting on that one. I know y'all, you weren't ready for that, right? Right? Because that's me. I expect other people to change, and I remain the same. See, that's me. Somebody say, that's me. All of us do that. Mm-hmm. We judge other people on expectation while we should be judging them on their, rather they judge us on their intentions. I intended to do it, but your expectation was they were going to do it. (laughs) Amen. So that's pulling that plank. (laughs) And so you can see clearly first, right? 
So my job now is, Lord, all I want to do is give to others that which I want you to give to me. That'll change your whole perspective, right? But didn't Jesus do the same? He said, I didn't come here for you to serve me. He, he, he grabbed a towel and a bowl, a basin of water. We're talking about the Lord of glory. And these dirty disciples, unbelieving, backsliding jokers, traitors, ear-cutting rascals, cussing. Like some of y'all, hey man. <laughs> I used to cuss pretty good myself. I almost cussed last week, but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Recalculate. So, <laughs> so Jesus got a basin and a towel. He girded himself, got down on his knees, and began to wash the, the disciples' feet. Now, this is not like we wear shoes every day, at least I hope you do. We wear shoes every day. So you can imagine what he was washing off of their feet. Dust and feces, all kinds of stuff that they've stepped in, food. It wasn't paved streets back then like it is today. So Jesus said, you know what? I want to wash the stink off of your feet to show you this is what you should be doing for other people. But we want to point out somebody else's stink while we hide ours with our little fig leaves. But you know, I call it Adam's dying fig leaves because the moment they pulled those fig leaves from his root source, those leaves were dying. A lot of people in the church, you're covering up, you're wearing disguises, you're a master at it, but it's nothing but dying fig leaves. And the Bible says everything that you do in the dark is going to come in the light. So I'm telling you right now, you need to get it right with the Lord right now because you're going to be exposed. All of us are. I got to get it right, too. Amen. And so I'm not just preaching to you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. The only way we can become a being as he is, is by being and staying in Christ and maturing to the full stature of who he is. Look at this next slide. A person who refuses to change is a person who refuses to grow. If you don't like change, you're not going to grow. And let me just go out there and say this. If you don't like change, you're not going to like this church. My job, my job is not here to be your friend. My job is to teach you the gospel. The Bible specifically says feed the flock of God. My job is to feed you so you can grow up. Now, what that means, saints of God, that in order for me to teach you in a way for you to grow up, there has to be change. I don't want you to be saved for 20 years and you're doing the same old thing you've been doing for 20 years. You're doing it the same way you did it 20 years ago. Nothing has changed. Wait a minute. In 20 years, nothing has changed in your life. And then you're trying to figure out why you're not excited about God anymore. Because now you base your idea of God on what you do. Projection theology. You're projecting what you do onto God. So God should like what I'm doing because I like it. Uh -huh. oh. And that ain't always the case. Right? So this is why, this is why this right here 
The enemy tries to push us away from this. Because if he can push us away from this right here, the enemy knows you would never change. Because this right here is not a photograph. A photograph, you look at it and you can see the flaws of other people. This is a mirror so you can see your own flaws. This is why this reveals who you are. When you read it, it begins to read you. It shows you where you've been unfaithful. It shows you where you've been a fool. It, it shows you where you've been arrogant and selfish and prideful. Am I talking to the right church right now? Right? He shows you all that stuff where you've been envious. It shows you where you're in strife. It shows you where you're, in, you're divisive. It shows all of that stuff. It shows where you've been lascivious. Now, I know that word. That word means unrestrained actions. You can't help yourself. I couldn't help it, Lord. I fell into sin. You never fall into sin. You sin because you, you made a decision to do it. Everything that we do, saints of God, is done based on a decision. Even if you fail to make a decision, that is a decision. And we have to decide that I'm going to follow God with everything in me. Amen, somebody. Everybody ain't going to like that, saints of God. Everybody don't like to be challenged. This is a challenging word for a lot of people. I know it's easy to get a word. They pat you on the back. You feel good about yourself. But I'm telling you, we're living in a day and an age, man. This thing is about to be wrapped up, and I don't have time to be playing games with you. And I, and I believe you want to come to a place where the pastor is really concerned about your soul. I am. I'm concerned about your soul. I'm concerned about what's going on in our nation. I'm concerned about uh, uh, these decisions that they're making, killing babies. I'm concerned about that. Because the reason I'm concerned is not because of my politics or what side of the aisle I'm on. I'm concerned because God is concerned. And, and my filter is based on God. Amen. Right? So, so he says, the, your brother, he, let me take you to Genesis. This is not a part of my message, but I think I need to go there because this is how God is using this message right now. When he came to his brother, he said, where is your brother? He said, because his blood is crying up to me from the ground. Let me tell you something. The blood is crying up to God and God is concerned and we should be concerned. Don't you know judgment is coming? America just can't sit back and keep doing and making these decisions and judgment not come on America. Now, that's what that's what I tremble about. And I pray, stay your hand, God, for a little longer so we can repent. Because I know once he releases it, you ain't no getting out of it. So that's why we got to pray and fast. All right, I know y'all ain't excited about it, but I'm going to preach it anyway. I guarantee you're going to walk right up in it, right? And you're going to say, man, we were just talking about that at church. Christ is the visible manifestation of an invisible God. However, let me tell you something. Our flesh, listen to it very carefully. Our flesh is not going to cooperate with the spirit. That is a fight, isn't it? Right? So we're trying to figure out, okay, I'm saved now. Why is the struggle so hard? Yeah, because you got saved. But see, before, you just did whatever this flesh, this body wanted to do. If flesh wanted, you go get it. Flesh wants some biscuits, you go get it. Flesh wants some donuts, you go get it. Flesh wants some pork chops, you just go get it. Flesh wants some sex, you go get it. Y'all like y'all ain't grown up in here. You got hungry for a minute, right? <laughs> what flesh wants, flesh gets. Now, when you got saved, now you had somebody tell your flesh, mm -mm, no, we can't do that. What you, we've been doing this for 20 years. What are you talking about? I'm, this, this is who I am. 
I've always been this way. Oh, yeah, that's, that makes it right, I'm sure, right? I've always acted this way. This is how I've always been uh-huh. it, in sin. This is how you've always been in sin. Remember, you're not a being. You are a becoming. It doesn't matter how you've always been. What you need to is become what you should be. That's why I don't preach an affirmational gospel. You come in as you are, which is not in the Bible. You come in as you are and you stay as you are. That's an affirmational gospel. I don't preach that. I preach a transformational gospel. You come in so you can be transformed into what God wants you to be. That's why he transformed you from the, from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You're being transformed, translated. You're being changed. Yes. See how all of this comes back? All right. Are you, are you still processing? You sure? Apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He gives a very visual picture of this flesh. He said, I buffet my body. Let's not, after preaching to others, I myself might be a castaway or disqualified. So in other words, Apostle Paul says, I buffet. It's the word train. I train like an athlete. So Paul says, I have to train my body and bring my body under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. Are you seeing this with me here? Let me, let me say that slowly because I don't want you to miss something because a lot of times we want God to do something that God says we should be doing. So I want to make sure you don't project something to God that God is saying this is for us to do. So I want to make sure that I'm teaching this correctly. Paul said, I buffet my body so that I can bring my body under the subjection of the Holy Spirit. You know what you have to do? You have to make your body operate right. You do. I know that ain't easy now. I know that. So I know why y'all looking at me like that. Yeah, we all have to fight that every day. Me and Elaine don't walk around with a halo on our heads and speaking in tongues, walking around the house. Man, we have, to, we, we have to make choices and decisions every day just like you do. We have to decide to be righteous. You got to decide to be holy. You got to decide who needs to be around you and who doesn't. You need to know your friends from your enemies. Amen. You no, know, you can't do that without the Holy Ghost. So you have to make your body, you have to bring your body under the submission of the Holy Spirit. And when you do that, your flesh is going to act up. It's not going to like it. It's going to call you names. It's going to tell you that you're weak. It's going to tell you that you will never be anything. All of those words that you heard before, that's nothing but the enemy trying to take you back to your past. He wants you to live with that rearview mirror mentality so you can keep looking back. As long as you look back, you can't go forward. Paul said, I had to put my hand on the press, but in order to put my hand on the press, I got to let go of everything that's in my past. And some of us, we can't grab our future because our hands are still full of the past. I really am trying to help you. I want you to see this with me today. I truly do not believe that any Christian can fully mature without being full of the Holy Ghost. And, and that's, I, I believe it because I see it in the Word of God. I see it all over the place about how critical it was. And let me recalculate. I think this message is getting ready to change a little bit. So let me, let me talk a little bit about the criticality of uh, the Holy Spirit because... I think sometimes we read stuff and we have our own idea of theology when we don't know the word. 
right? So let me, let me just take, let me, we'll come back to the other stuff later, but I think I need to, to share this with you. Uh, turn when your Bible to Joel chapter 2, verse 28 in Old Testament. I want to share something with you. Uh, I'm sharing theology with you. This is the Bible. This is not what I have conjured, conjured up myself and trying to tell you. Saints of God, I'm telling you, we're going to have to desire more of God's spirit in our hearts. We're going to have to pursue God like we've never pursued him before. This nation needs us to pursue God. If you're waiting for unbelievers to change this nation, you're going to be waiting for a long time. I'm not worried about anybody that's up there making all these horrible decisions. What I'm concerned about is myself. Am I doing what God has called me to do? Did I do everything that God called me to do? Did I do everything in my community? Did I do everything in my family? Did I do everything in the marketplace, in my business, in my ministry that's going to bring a change to other people? And if I can look back at my life and say, God, I still have some areas where I didn't submit to you, then I got, some t- I got to work on that. This is what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit comes in and begins to stir up. The reason it's quiet in here is because the Holy Spirit just tapped into something in your life. And I know that because I can sense it with my spirit. See, you, you compare the spirit with the spirit and see if it be for God. And I know that my spirit is connecting with your spirit. And I know he's stirring up stuff. Well, you know you've been weak. And see, this is the kind of stuff you ain't shouting. You ain't, ah! No, you ain't, you're going to shout later. <laughs> now it's about change. Amen, somebody. Amen. Now, now listen, listen. I wish I was one of those pastors that can always bring your word where you always, you just, you just lit up. This is just such a motivational word. I've never been that kind of pastor because when you start talking about doctrinal things, those are things a lot of Christians, well, what is doctrine? Is it really real? Well, that's the thing that's going to change your life because without understanding proper doctrine, how are you going to know that you operate in Christianity or not? Because a lot of them look alike. The Bible says when, when, when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, there was a mixed multitude that went with them. They looked like them, but they weren't them. You can look good, but are you good? Joel chapter 2 verse 28 says, And it, it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Somebody say all flesh. Somebody say he's talking about me. Yeah, God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This is not just some people, the people that might get saved or just go to church. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. If you want God's spirit, it's there for the taking. You don't have to beg for it. You don't have to plead for it. He said, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Come on, saints of God. Don't you pray in a way to where you wish you can crack open the door to your child's room, and you see him with their hands lifted up, prophesying, laid out in the spirit, speaking in tongues. Yes, you do want that. Why? Because those are the ones that are going to run this nation. He said, your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. That's my prayer. I said, Lord, please, please make my sons and daughters and granddaughters prophesy. Fill them with the Holy Spirit. He said, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Why? Because old people stop dreaming. Young people stop having vision. God said, my spirit is going to restore the dreams to the old men and going to restore the vision to the young men. It's his spirit. The antidote to not having a dream and not having vision is the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. 
So God says, by my spirit, I can restore your dreams. By my spirit, I can restore your vision. By my spirit, I can restore your family. By my spirit, I can restore your marriage. By my spirit, I can restore your health. By my spirit, I can restore your finances. By the spirit of God. And a lot of times, we don't want to be full of the spirit because we want to control God. That's the greatest problem right there is, no, God, I want to be full of your spirit, but it has to be in my control. And God says, then you're not going to get it because you can't control me. This is not John Lawson. This is God. God's saying you can't control me. And the problem in the church, a lot of people in the church trying to control God. You're trying to control the service, the pastor, and Christians. I serve notice on you right now. You can't control me. This is God's thing, and I'm complete in him. I'm not complete just because this church gets full of people. I'm already complete. Even if we have to put a padlock on the doors, I'm still complete. Hello, somebody. Young sisters, you don't need a man to complete you. If you're already complete in Jesus... Why do you need a man, and fellas, why do you need a woman to complete you if you complete in Jesus? If you get on in there with Jesus, he'll show you your Boaz. Amen. He'll show you, but just be patient and wait for it. Maybe you're not ready for it yet. Uh, see, this kind of talk right here. This kind of talk right here, boy, this right here. I know social media, they don't like my kind of preaching on social media. Because they're like, that brother, uh-uh, let me go back, let me switch over to somebody else that's motivational. And I don't care. Because we need this. I need this. You know, I need changing. I need God to rearrange some things in my life, guys. I don't want to be the same old guy in six months. Same old dude, same preaching, same old stale stuff. When you come up in here, you don't get any stale stuff, though. I will say that. And that's not because of me. That's because of him. Amen. Right? But I'm pursuing him so that you can get a hot word. That's right. Amen. Amen. And, and you really don't understand what kind of word you're getting until you start talking to other people. That's right. See, in here, you discuss it all the time. You think it's normal. <laughs> until you go somewhere else and you go, they don't, they don't have a clue what I'm talking about. <laughs> right? Amen, somebody. Amen. And so Joel is prophesying to the time right now. That we must be full of God's spirit. Somebody say, Lord, Lord. fill me with your spirit. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Let me just walk you through the word. Go to Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. Y'all ready? Y'all just want to walk through the word for a second? See, I got to get you to see this because I believe the Lord wants me to lay hands on some folks to receive the Holy Ghost. So, and I, I don't say that lightly. I, I truly believe that with all of my heart. Some, I, some of you have been wanting more, but you you too busy in your flesh and you're carnal, and that's why you can't get more. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. When you get that, say, I have it. Right. And the verse 16 says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs will follow those who believe. Who is that? Are you a believer? Are you a believer? If you are a believer, he's talking about you. Somebody say he's talking about me. 
It said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Come on, somebody. In my name. Talking about in the name of Jesus, they will cast out demons. He's not talking about just the apostles, the bishops, the pastors, and the elders. He's talking about you as a believer. Somebody say, I am a believer. Do you know he's talking about your authority and what you can do? Sometimes, saints of God, you need to stop trying to get to your pastor, and you need to start laying hands. See, this is the kind of stuff that'll make you grow up. But see, God don't want you dependent on a man. He said, he said, cursed is he that puts his trust in the arm of the flesh. So there are some things we need to do. We need to grow up. We need to mature. We need to anoint our own house. We need to anoint our children, our husband, our wives. We need to walk around the house speaking in tongues. That's what we need to do. I do it in my own house. You step foot up in there, you're going to find some serious peace up in that jank. Jank is a noun. It means that it's, it's a place. I'm sorry. Using some of that ghetto. My, see, y'all need to pray a little more of my ghetto coming up. Y'all need to stop. Just pray more. Amen. And so, so this is why you do that, saints of God. And, and when people come and say, ooh, the devil was in my house. Why? Why is he in your house? You let him in there. You got something in your house he likes. You need to look on that computer. Huh, see, see, let me get on up in there because people don't like this kind of talk either. You need to get on that computer. What you been clicking on? Because whatever you clicked on, you just invited him into your house. And then you're trying to figure out, why is this joke up in here? Because you let him in. The, listen, saints, can I help you? There, there, you have complete authority over the devil. The, the only authority that he has over you is the authority that you give him. Okay. All right. Let me, okay, let me give you some more. He said they will cast out demons. Ooh, that's just for the pastors. He said believers do this. And he says, check this out, and they will speak with new tongues. Oh, pastor, you know what that's saying? That's saying, you know, I used to cuss before I got saved. Now I don't cuss anymore. I got a new tongue. I got a new tongue now, pastor. I don't cuss no more. I'm saved. You lying. Because after you got saved, you still cuss. And you're lying to yourself if you ain't cussing. Who lying? Y'all lying. I mean, you, you, just, you just wait for the right opportunity where you've had a bad day at work, when the people that got on your last nerve, and then that little nerve that you try to put back, they stepped on that one too. So you already vexed and mad, and then you pull out of the parking lot, somebody, boom, boom, cut you off, and then they shoot you the finger. You tell me you ain't going to cuff. Yeah, I know what you're going to do. I love Jesus. Yeah, you're going to do that all right. <laughs> and you got that little bumper sticker on your car. Tell me, what would Jesus do? Jesus wouldn't do what you just did. That's what <laughs> you praying for me? Okay. Saints of God, this, this is talking about speaking the tongue of a heavenly language because you don't need Jesus to stop cussing. Just stop. Just stop doing it. It just shows a lack of education. I don't know another word to put in there. Then you need to go to the dictionary. <laughs> it just shows your ignorance. Oh, see, see, I lost you right there. Spirit. It just shows your ignorance. 
right? There is a better substitute. There's another word, amen, that you can put in there. You know, you know a better word would be? You know what? I just plead the blood of Jesus over you. Because if I say what I want to say, I know I'm going to have to repent, right? So, Lord, bless them. Amen? Now, now, what I just told you, I'm still working on that. <laughs> I, I said that real cool, didn't I? It ain't like I perfected it. <laughs> See, you think I perfected that. I have, <laughs> no, no, no. I haven't perfected that yet. I'm working on it. And he always seems to bring situations where I have to learn how to perfect it even more. Y'all know what I'm saying? Come in the church. What are you doing? The speed is 45. You're doing 20 in the fast lane. Oh, I'm not by myself then, right? <laughs> That's how Evan drives. <laughs> Bro, don't you get in front of me. Amen, somebody. So listen, so this is about spiritual stuff. I know the spirit just left, right? So this is about spiritual stuff because he wants you to be able to act like him. Listen to me carefully, without trying. Amen. That's what he wants. Can I give you another scripture? See, I want to give you these so that you can go read these for yourself. See, this is your birthright. Somebody say, this is my birthright. Does Papa want you to be filled with his spirit? Go to John 11. John 11. I'm going to read this. We're going to turn off Facebook Live, but I'm going to give you some more stuff after that because they need to be here to get it next time. I like to do that. You're going to say, dang, Pastor, why you cut it off? Because you need to be in here. So John chapter 11. Uh-oh. I might have gave it, gave it put, my, put the wrong scripture down for myself. Give me a second, guys. I think I did. I put the wrong uh, scripture down. Bless you. I put the wrong scripture down. But let me just, let me just paraphrase it for you. Um, Jesus says this. He says, if a son asks for bread from any father. He didn't even say his father. He said, if a son asks for bread from any father, will he give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead? And if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? And then he goes on to say, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, listen, listen to the words very carefully, how much more will the Father of glory give you the Holy Ghost? So does God want you to be filled? He does. He don't want you just to be saved. He wants you to be the, he wants you overflowing with who he is, the essence of who he is. Amen, somebody. We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.